0: If only Newcastle had the money they have now a few years ago. They could have brought all of the players to the Premier League that were constantly linked with moves to England, but never actually made it. We could have seen Pablo Aymar, Simao and Leandro Damião. And we may even have got a glimpse of Raul. Well, Newcastle will certainly launch some kind of transfer push, but will it be enough to keep them in the Premier League? I'm Kevin Hatchard, and this is Football Only Better. rumours allowed, when it comes to Marco. O'Hare, he's on a contract here until 2054. I think he's only just found <laughs> out about that, actually. Uh, Mark, Newcastle did beat Burnley last time out, their first league win of the season at last, but still in a lot of trouble. They face Leicester this weekend.
1: Yeah, um, this is an interesting one because ordinarily I would look at the price on Leicester and think, here's my opportunity to actually get with them but there's a lot of reasons why I think we need to avoid them this weekend Uh, not just the fact they've only won three of the last 12 Premier League games but the fact they can't defend set pieces at all or defend at all full stop actually I should say because the back line has been dreadful and now they've been hit with COVID and illness issues as well and they go away to Napoli on Thursday in the Europa League so they've got fixture congestion lack of recovery and preparation time plus injuries issues uh, illness uh, poor form loads of red flags there we've talked about their defensive issues for a lot of the season so far only three teams have conceded more goals they've not kept a Premier League sheet since the opening day. Brendan Rodgers keeps talking about, you know, defence being their Achilles heel, particularly set pieces, but the same mistakes continue to get made. Uh, they're bottom three in terms of expected points. Uh, now, he did mix things up against Aston Villa on almost every department, bar centre-half, which I think everyone can see that Sionchu's been struggling since the summer. Uh, Vestergaard was left on the bench. He's now one of the ill players. So, you know, I don't see that centre-half partnership sort of breaking up. This weekend either, but uh, I guess more positive news for them going forward is Tielemans and Bertrand are back in the squad. So um, I think just rinse and repeat really with Leicester involved, just go with goals. They've conceded twice or more in nine of the last 11. They've only kept two clean sheets across all competitions this season. Three in 30 Premier League games, um, going back to last season as well. And in terms of expected goals against, they're definitely amongst the worst in the division. So on the Newcastle side, uh, I'm interested to hear what the other guys think. But I've I've not been bowled over by their efforts, to be honest, Um, since Eddie Howe came in. I think the Brentford game uh, was pretty to skelter good fun, but against Norwich, Obviously, the game was disrupted by the early red card, but against Burnley, I probably did expect a bit more. Um, But ultimately, looking at this match, if you asked anyone who had any idea about the Premier League, where are Leicester's strengths? Definitely in forward areas. Where are Newcastle's strengths? Definitely in forward areas. And where are these two teams' weaknesses? Absolutely at the back. So they've combined to score in 24 of 30 Premier League games, only kept two clean sheets between them this season, which is horrendous. Um, They're both pretty much top of the charts for both teams to score, uh, 11 from 15, Uh, Leicester have seen overs land in 11 or 15 as well. So uh, just taking the emotion of supporting either team out of the equation, um, backing both teams to score over two and a half goals at 1.8, seems the the best way forward for me.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting one with Soyunju because I think his confidence was shattered by what happened with Turkey at the European Championships. And one of my co-commentators for the Villa game actually made a really interesting point about Tielemans because when they have Tielemans, they can keep the ball better. But when they don't keep the ball, suddenly the likes of Suindju and Johnny Evans are having to do a lot more defending. And it's not really working out for Suindju at the moment. Now, odds compiler Mark Stinchcombe proven to be one of our smartest signings here on Football Only Better. You only needed to get on the Brew shots bet in midweek to know that. Uh, Stinch, it's quite tough to assess Newcastle at this stage well, we don't know who they'll sign. So, we can do it in a match-to-match basis, I guess. But in terms of the relegation market and things like that, do we have to basically wait until they start doing their January transfer business?
2: Um, yeah, probably, because we've still got a good, what, 15 or so fixtures after after that period, or it might be slightly less, but still a decent spread. And to be fair, as soon as the takeover was done, I just in my head just said yeah they'll be fine then you know just assume that but obviously what what's what's been what Eddie Howe and maybe what um, the interim were, were weren't able to do was galvanise a rather poor set of players and maybe. Steve Bruce needs a little bit more credit than than he was getting, given I think so. Not based on this season, but obviously last season, I thought towards the end of last season, last sort of three months, they were quite enjoyable to watch, um, or their games were rather, maybe not as an actual Newcastle fan, but it's not as if they were, it didn't feel as though they were in any relegation sort of trouble sort of from March onwards really and um, I guess that was probably the remit based on the set of players available. Uh, Newcastle 8 to 11 to, to go down looking at the odds here. That's not something that you'd want to take really would it, with so many question marks over who they're going to sign, whether the players are going to adapt to Eddie Howe's style. I think that's probably what they're struggling a little bit to do at the moment although as Mark says small spread of data and yeah difficult to read too much into that Norwich game with being down to 10 men for 89 minutes. So, yeah, far too many question marks for me at the moment. Um, and I think in terms of uh, in terms of them on a match-to-match basis, yeah, I would just try and find an angle with goals, especially when you come up against the, the best team, I would say, in the league for for goals-based bets in Leicester.
0: Yeah, they really have been so fragile at the back this season. Now, we couldn't sign Pablo Aymar, but we have brought in our trader, Emmett O'Keefe, this weekend. Emmet, finally... What do you make of Newcastle's chances of staying up? And what about this clash with Leicester? Do you agree with the guys about goals? And I guess it is difficult to judge Newcastle in the long term at this stage.
3: Yeah, I think, I think I think to start with, I think like under Steve Bruce, kind of he was kind of getting results despite bad process. I would say like just even last season they were conceding the second most shots in the league, we'll say, and I felt like just watching them. They were kind of they used to sit deep in nearly every home match and kind of hope Alan St. Maxman and Wilson got, did a bit of moment of magic it or nothing. And it, and it came off for them sometimes, but I felt like say if I and Alan, I think there was reflecting the results this season that I think I think, Alan, I, I think Bruce was was t- taking them only one way and how I was trying to make them a more proactive, kind of more of a high more kind of a high pressing team that'll dominate possession. but with the kind of the players they have that, 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 that is definitely tough to do. And we could see more games like the Brentford game, which is more kind of helter skelter as uh, 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 as Mark was saying, and I, I, I definitely would would get the sentiments in terms of goals. I just think I think like Leicester have shown nothing this season that says they deserve to be to be four to six against Newcastle. I think it's I think that, uh, Mark outlined their defensive issues there as, as as kind of as I mentioned previously. They're kind of they're, they're really struggling at set pieces. There's no and like the kind of the, you think at this stage with kind of Bukari coming in the summer or Pat Sandaka that they have kind of maybe integrated them a little bit. There's no real sign of that. And then last week against Villa was the team changes again. It, it felt like Rodgers is kind of searching for something at a desperation rather than any kind of clear plan. So I think there's no, yeah, so I, I, I'd be I'd be keen to oppose Leicester here at four to six. Uh, in terms of just Newcastle's good chance of staying up, like, I'm, I'm intrigued to see who who they get? Who they're able to attract the January transfer window? Is this going to be? If they like, is, is it going to be a James Tarkowski level player, or is, or it could could they be get get guys like say Genie Van for example, who's out of favour at PSG, who's been linked to them recently, or like? Yeah, how, how far can their money go? Is, is 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 in January? Is is what I'm really intrigued to see.
0: Maybe Messi's bored of Paris already. Maybe he'll make the switch to (laughs) the North. He's complaining
3: about the Paris weather. I'm sure he'd love a Newcastle. (laughs) Yeah,
0: it'd be something a bit different for him, I think. Uh, Let's switch our attention to Selhurst Park then. Crystal Palace against Everton. Two sides that made. Passable starts to the season in terms of results in Everton's case and performances in the case of Palace, but now both in the bottom half. Stinch Palace, I was surprised to see the firm favourites here at 2.4. I know Everton have been pretty bad under Benitez in the last few weeks, but Palace, even though their performances have been OK and generally the direction of travels fine, they're not getting the results to go with it.
2: Yeah, I think this is another one where you have to sort of look past results maybe and look at the, the performances. I think based on the, the match odds, my my reservation would be getting with Everton would be no Calvert-Lewin still. And there definitely seems to be a huge void in that, that forward area without him, a focal point, not just the goals, but maybe, you know, um, defending from the front or holding the ball up to ease some of the pressure. Um, um, Salomon the Rondon's
0: work. openly weeping now, Stinch. I hope you're happy. He's a big I fan mean, of on. this show, and he's really upset now.
2: I mean, come on. Uh, Rondon must be, what, twice the age of Allah? He's pushing 50, isn't he? Like, <laughs> to be fair, I'm surprised that Cenk Tosin can't get a game like... Um, He might not be the greatest player, but his goal record is is decent, I think. And he, not just in like Turkey, but he scored a few for Everton. He even went on loan to Palace and scored a few. So I'm surprised that um, Benitez has not given him at least least a run. Um, But this
0: is the issue, isn't it? We know Marcel Brands is going, the sporting director. It's a weird old hodgepodge of signings, isn't it? That squad,
2: yeah. I mean, they went through that phase in there a few years ago where they signed like twenty-five number tens and tried to shoehorn them all into a you know a 0-10-0 zero, zero formation. And yeah, just there doesn't seem to be a you know a lack of a. It didn't seem to be a plan basically, which which uh, which is bizarre really because it seems like they got an endless bucket of money. You think they could have got somebody in there that did have a you know at least a, a little bit of a of a plan? Maybe the whole Rooney thing coming back. Maybe that sort of um, you know. The emotion of that sort of got in the way of uh, doing something proactive because I'm not going to suggest the like the the likes of David Clarkson were necessarily bad signings, overpriced for sure, but not necessarily terrible signings. So yeah, just uh, just a lack of a plan really. I mean, you know, under uh, under Ancelotti, they were trying to be a bit more proactive, and um, and I'm not sure which manager they signed Michael Keane for example under, but at Burnley you're not you don't have to worry about leaving the edge of your own. Uh, penalty area so you don't have to worry about him with having the ball at his feet and you know having to pass out of the back whereas Everton you know they they expected to play another 10 yards up the field so immediately he's out of his comfort zone to spend 30 million there is just you know a terrible way to to use the cash so and I think now they're sort of stuck with um, financial fair play so because they spent all this cash they they can't then go out and try and rectify it by spending more so it's, it is going to be a long-term process but you know, Damari Gray, for example, seems to be finding his way a little bit. And even if it didn't work out, you can't really go wrong at one and a half million, can you? So, it seems to be where Everton are at at the minute. And maybe a good thing in this sort of modern day hire and fire football that it seems like Benitez is being given the time. Um, I'm not sure he could maybe transfer them into uh, into uh, you know where they want to be. Um, and it would take a, a long period of time, but that's everton for you isn't it i think i think think maybe a cup run would would be the best they could hope for um but in terms in terms of this match it's a goal line i'm looking at um you know i if i was to enter like sort of a a goal line anonymous um workshop on on a on a tuesday evening i would go in there and go hi my name is (laughs) mark and i routinely back over 2.0 competitive asian goal lines and That's that's what that's, where, that's that's <laughs> yeah well you know self help and all that um, that's where um that's where I'm looking at in this game you know to put that in perspective over two and a half goals is chalked up at six to five and yeah I, I just I just think any goal line in the Premier League there's I used to say like Burnley and West Brom I would err away from but even if Burnley were involved I'd probably try and find a way to get them to get to still get that bet on side. Because I think Burnley have been a bit more goal, their games been a bit more goal heavy this season. But you just look at the, so to put that number in perspective, that's saying that um, the market expects two point three goals in the game, which is why we get these figures. But just look at the basic stats. Palace's games are averaging two point six seven goals per game, and Everton's up at two point nine. So you know miles, miles away from that two point three. And you look at expected match goals. Palace's games are averaging 2.49 and Everton's, again, 2.94. So, yeah, very happy to try try this bet because the only way it will lose is if there's one or, or zero goals. And I don't see anyone back in under 2.0 goals, around about 2.25, um, unless they, you know, had some... Something, uh, you know, it was snowing at, at Sellers Park or, or something like that, you know, something out, outlandish that that would uh, convince convince anybody to go for the under two goals. Um, I mean, the Premier League this season, this season is averaging 2.77, which is up on last season's two point six, 2.69, I think it was. So I think that's probably due to the fans returning. And it, this bet would have only lost in three out of 15 Palace games and two out of 15 Everton games. So I'm very happy to, to back, a, back a goal line in a, in a league that uh, is not short on goals. Well,
0: to Italy now and Emmett, you have an exciting looking game for us between Sassuolo and Lazio. I'm going to guess this might be a goals bet.
3: Yeah, I think you uh, wouldn't. Need, he wouldn't need to be a full football hipster to, to work that one out. Uh, I at I think like any. I think if, if if any neutral, if you're thinking, is there a game outside the Premier League to watch this weekend? This is the game. I think like in Lazio's 16 matches this season, there've been a total of 62 goals. So they're averaging nearly four four goals per game, with 32 scored by Lazio, 30 by the opposition. So the, it tends to be these kind of. Lasio play a lot of these kind of two-wall style matches and Sassuolo are very much in a, in a similar boat. Both teams to score over two and a half goals has clicked in each of Sassuolo's last five matches and I think, I think all five of them have gone over three and, a half as well, three and a half goals as well. So like, yeah, I think f- fingers crossed here we should be a really exciting game here. Uh, both teams to score on over two and a half goals looks banker material for any of your accumulators. That's around kind of the seven to ten region and then, uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I, and, and then over three three and a half goals around seven to five. I'd probably have that closer to even money myself. So I think both of those goal lines make plenty of appeal to me. I always like it when two of the
0: guys pick uh, the same game outside of what we'd perhaps regularly talk about. And Mark, this one kind of uh, raised the uh, the the big light for you as well. This looks exciting, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, it does. I mean, I'm not exactly reinventing the wheel by imagining there's going to be goals in this game, but uh, Sassuolo have really impressed me in recent weeks. Uh, took their time to sort of find their feet after Deserbi left in the summer, but they've been playing really good football since the start of October. They gave Inter Milan a, a right good game at home at the start of October. Lost the match 2-1, but since then, uh, they They've held Napoli, they've beaten Milan at the San Siro, they've beaten Juventus in Turin as well. They've scored in 12 successive games and they've scored at least twice in eight of the last nine. The last 10 have seen both teams scoring but as has been the case in Italy throughout the season, defence tends to be secondary and they've only kept two clean sheets. And uh, Lazio, the only thing that puts me off this bet um, slightly is the fact that Chiro Immobile uh, is a major injury doubt and looks likely to be missing. Uh, Milankovic, Savic is also suspended, but I think that loses them a little bit of balance in midfield, which I think should, in theory, give Sassuolo a better chance of winning. And I do think they're underrated in this match, but again, just take the emotion out of it and cheer on goals. In, in 32 collective games, they've scored in 26, Kept four clean sheets, BTTS in twenty three, over two and a half goals, and twenty nine of thirty two, uh, and over three and a half in eighteen of those thirty two as well. So, uh, as Emmett says, both uh, sorry goals per game for Lazio three point eight eight, Sassuolo three point one nine. Uh, impossible not to imagine there's going to be some goals in this match.
0: Yeah, sounds exciting. And if you do go for a multiple, worth bearing in mind that our fantastic multiples offer is running every day. Bet £20 on multiples or bet builders and receive a £5 free bet to use on multiples or bet builders. T's and C's apply. We're going to return to Serie A in a bit, but first, Stinch, you have a Liga fancy for us.
2: Yeah, it's on uh, Sunday afternoon, uh, Stadren at home to uh, Nice. Uh, Ren are t- priced up as 10 to 11 favourites, which may be a surprise for you, given how high both of these are, are in the league table. But I'm I'm a I'm a huge Ren fan of what they're doing this season. I mean, last week away at Saint Etienne, they absolutely blew them away. Oh yeah, five uh, 0 <laughs> I was fantastic. I mean, I a went result to, that a,
0: finally got Claude Puel sacked after, <laughs> after some quite dangerous looking fan protests couldn't get him out of there. It was Wren that finally did.
2: Yeah, I mean, I went to a, a wedding last weekend and I literally told everybody, get Wren in, in your accumulators for the day, stick him in there. Absolute <laughs> banker. I love the um, idea
0: of Stinch holding court on what the best European vets are. Excellent.
2: Um, the bride's so yeah, I mean,
0: going, please, we're starting. And Stingy's just, hang on, hang on, I've got an acker
2: for people. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, as I say Matt, a big, big fan of uh, a Ren this season. I mean, they're averaging the most shots in the league, um, which I think is, it says something when, when, you know, up against the powerhouses of PSG and, and other decent teams in, in Liga. Yeah. Um, They've scored two or more goals in 12 of the last 17 games. And I think quite key here is obviously the game against Spurs is postponed, so, they, so they've had a whole week to, to focus on this Nice game, or maybe not focus, but at least they won't have to have exerted uh, any energy in, in midweek. So it's kind of a toss-up here between taking Wren at 10-11, to 11, or the bet I've decided to go on because it's slightly bigger and I don't have to worry about whether Wren win the game or not, is Wren to score over 1.5 goals at 19-20, to 20, so just a shade of Odds on it's just because I'm, I'm really like the the offensive players that ren have got available uh, i mean martin terrier scored four last weekend guyton laborde hit the ground running after signing mid-season uh, he's a good player from, laborde yeah, really from good Montpellier. um really like how he's like just immediately fit straight in um he's I mean he's kind of uh sumpt uh Gourassi to to the bench who they spent 15 million euros on last summer and they've also picked up. I mean, I didn't know anything about him before he arrived. But um, Ulimana from uh, Midland, uh, youngster, I think he's only nineteen or twenty. Yeah. And uh, he's he's seemed to fit in immediately. I mean, those four players cost them fifty-seven million euros, and don't really associate teams in Liga outside of PSG spending a lot of money. So it looks like. I don't know anything about Wren's backup, but it looks like Wren's certainly making a, a case to try and establish themselves. I mean, they obviously made it to the Champions League last season, um, although that was based on Liga finishing early. Um, but it looks like, you know, they are trying to get themselves up and establish as a sort of a top, top three, top four team. So. Yeah,
0: they won the cup fairly recently against PSG, didn't they, won that cup final against them. So I think they've been, I think they're quite a confident club. I think they've been building quite cleverly for quite a while now.
2: Yeah, I mean, they backed it up. Uh, Was it last month they beat PSG 2-0 as well? So, um, you know, proves that they can uh, cut it with the best sides. Um, I mean, admittedly, Nice have got the the third best defence in the league. Um, but as I say Ren scored two against PSG, so I'm not put off by that too much. And Anissa going for a little bit of a sticky a sticky patch, just one win in five, three defeats. And I think confidence is a, is a little bit down, but as I say, they're still they're still high up in the table, still third based on expected points. So I don't I'm that's what's kind of put me off about back in Ren in the, in the match odds. But um, yeah, I think back in Wren over 1.5 goals sort of long term is, is, is a really good bet given, given the firepower they have and, and the regularity that they're scoring in these individual games.
0: And back to Serie A to finish with Mark. I reckon we're probably going for goals again with your selection.
1: <laughs> Do you reckon? <laughs> yeah. Elas <laughs> um, Verona against Atalanta just uh, just screams goals. And uh, look, we, we talk about it every week, but Italy has been a haven for, for goals-based bets. 3.09 goals per game. On average last weekend, we got seven from 10 going over two and a half seven seven of 10 seeing both teams scoring. Five away teams actually scored three or more goals last week, which was uh, quite something really. And so far this season overs has copped in 62% of Serie A games, over three and a half and 40% and BTDS in 59%. So, Sorry, uh, over
0: three and a half goals has landed in 40% of Serie A games this season.
1: Wow. Yeah, that's, that's true. And uh, yeah, I'm certain that if these matches were taking place in the Bundesliga or Premier League these these lines would be higher and these prices would be shorter so yeah we've got Verona against Atalanta on Sunday um, we know all about Atalanta's approach under Gasparini no point going over old ground there um, but you would uh, imagine that their preparation and recovery time will be hampered by the fact that the Champions League game was postponed um, so less time for them to sort of get ready for this match but uh, Verona you know they've been fantastic fun so far under Igor Tudor. They've only failed to score twice all season. They have scored twice or more in ten of sixteen games. And considering Atalanta have kept just four clean sheets across Serie A and the Champions League, you would expect them to get a goal in this. Uh, and the goal expectancy is around three point one, uh, favoring the overs. Uh, if you look at the goals markets, which is understandable, really. But you can still combine over to an half and BTTS and get a backable price. Uh, and just to kind of run over the same figures I did in the other match, uh, again equally as strong. Thirty-two games. Combined. Collectively played, They've scored in 29 of those, six clean sheets, BTDS in 25 of 32, over two and a half in 24 of 32 uh, and over three and a half in 18 of those 32. So um, I think just in combining the two goals markets is the way to go here. Um, we've got basically two of the top four in the league for total goals per game, Verona in at 3.75, Atalanta in at 3.38. Um, yeah, goals, easy.
0: Goals galore in Italy. That's all we have time for on this edition of Football Only Better. Please do remember to gamble responsibly. Worth bearing in mind that all of those top European leagues, Serie A, Bundesliga, La Liga, Liga, we've got dedicated weekly columns ahead of all of the weekend's action from Emmett, from Mark, from Stinch and from me. It's goodbye for now.